Okay, well, tonight we are continuing our series called Slave Giants Take Ground. Come on. And, um, Slay and Taken. Let's go. Slay and Taken. And uh, so if you haven't been here, uh, we've gone through that. I mean, just incredible. I mean, Pastor John last week with anxiety and depression. And uh, the week before that, I think it was comfort and then fear uh, and rejection. All, all these giants that we have just committed to. Uh, I don't want it to. I don't want to see any more of these giants taking over lives, taking over young people's lives, and causing them just to be derailed. Uh, because our God's bigger, amen. Yes. Our God is so bigger, yes. and so that's what this series is about. We're we're about slaying giants. We're about taking ground because eternity is at stake, amen. Eternity really is at stake, and um, so we're continuing that series tonight, talking about comparison. And like I said, it's something. I'm just gonna move this because I keep walking, and. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I'm not going to say it probably at all. Um, but we're talking about comparison. It's really near to our hearts. And the thing that we just kept coming back to is everything that we compare ourselves to. Catch that? Everything that we compare ourselves to either doesn't matter or hinders us from what does. Wow. That's it. Hinders us. From what does either it either doesn't matter or hinders us from what does and so if you have your Bibles tonight open your Bibles to first Samuel chapter 16 if you don't have your Bible do not fret it is on the screen behind us so you can follow along with us we're going to go through quite a bit of scripture and the only reason uh, that we're going to do that is because I want you to get the full context I want you to get the full story and that's kind of the only way to do that so open your Bibles We'll look on the screen. We're going to start in 1 Samuel chapter 16. And uh, the context of this, just to kind of give you the story up until this point, um, there's a king, and his name's Saul, and uh, he's not listening to the Lord. I'm going to come down so you can bump me. Um, and uh, there's a king named Saul, and he's not listening to what the Lord's telling him to do. And uh, so the Lord sends Samuel, 1 Samuel, he sends Samuel, uh, to, to search for a king. He says, go to Jesse's house. Okay? So Jesse is this dude. He's got a ton of sons. And one of them is David, which we're going to focus on tonight. And he goes in search of a new king because uh, Saul's just not listening. And he was re rejected by the Lord. And so that's where we pick up in 1 Samuel uh, chapter 16, uh, starting in verse uh, 6. So he gets, to, he gets to Jesse's house, and they line up all the sons all the sons that were there, and it says this, when they came, he looked on Eliab and thought, surely the Lord's anointed is before him. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature, because I rejected him. For the Lord sees, not as man sees, man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord, the Lord looks on the heart. Jump forward to chapter 17. So that's kind of where we want to center around tonight, that, that the Lord looks on the heart. The heart is what matters. And not, not the outward appearance, because that's, that's where we get caught up. Uh, verse, uh, chapter 17, starting in verse 17, it says this. And at, at this point, David was chosen king. So Eliab was looked over. Eliab was the oldest son. They thought, surely, this is him. And they kept going down, surely, this is him. But then found out David was king. But at this point in time, David's still not the king. He wasn't, king. He wasn't actually anointed king until like 30 years later. But... Uh, Starting in chapter 17, uh, people of Israel has gone to battle, uh, and that includes some of Jesse's brothers. And so we pick up on David in verse 17 of chapter 17. And it says this, And Jesse said to David his son, Take for your brothers 
and Effa of this parched grain and these ten loaves and carry them quickly to the camp to your brothers. That's bread. So take some bread. Verse 18, also take these ten cheeses to the commander of the thousand. See if your brothers are well and bring some token from them. So, I, just before I keep going, bread and cheese. Remember that, okay? Bread and bread cheese. Bread and cheese. Um, come on, who doesn't love some bread and cheese? I had both of those for lunch. I went to Panera, just went right through the drive-thru. I was like, I'll take the mac and cheese. And I want, who doesn't? Nobody wants chips or an apple. They want the bread. And uh, so I got bread. And uh, nobody, if you get chips and apple, then uh, you're a... You're, you're the one of a kind. <laughs> verse 19, okay? Following verse 19, it says, Now Saul and they and all the men of Israel were in the valley of Elah, fighting with the Philistines. And David rose early in the morning and left the sheep with a keeper and took the provisions and went, as Jesse had commanded him. And he came to the encampment as the host was going out of the battle line, shouting the war cry. And Israel and the Philistines drew up for battle, army against army. David left the things in charge of the keeper and the baggage and ran to the ranks and went and greeted his brothers. As he talked with them, behold, the champion, the Philistine, Goliath of Gath, Goliath by name, came up out of the ranks of the Philistines and spoke the same word as before. And David heard him. All, all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were much afraid. And the men of Israel said, Have you seen this man who has come up? Surely he has come up to defy Israel. And the king will enrich the man who kills him with great riches, and will give him his daughter and make his father's house free in Israel. And David said to the men who stood by him, What shall be done for the man who kills the Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? And the people answered him in the same way, So it shall be done to the man who kills him. Now focus here on verse 28. It says, Now Eliab, his eldest brother, who, just, who wasn't chosen just a chapter earlier, and Eliab's anger was kindled against David. He was furiated with David. And he said, why have you come down? And with whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? He's throwing shade. You're, you're a sheep. Go back to your sheep. I know your presumption and the evil of your heart, for you have come down to see the battle. And David said, what have I done now? Was it not but a word? And he turned away from him toward another and spoke in the same way. And the people answered him <clears throat> again as before. Babe, would you pray for us? Before we keep going? Yep. Jesus, we thank you, God, for, Lord, for your word. God, we thank you for who you are. Lord, I thank you that um, we get to come before you, just two imperfect people. Um, but God, we're, we're available. And so because of that, I know that you will speak through us. So Lord, I pray that every word we speak would just be a reflection of your heart, a reflection of your character, a reflection of um, just the way that you love us. So Lord, we just thank you for who you are, God, and the, and the things you're um, you're going to do in each of our lives tonight, God, because we believe that you can. So we love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So we've been playing this comparison game for a long time. I remember being, I think, like six or seven years old. My mom can maybe remember this. Maybe I remember it differently. But I just remember wanting glasses so bad, so bad. And I think even to the point where I asked a few times on Christmas, when writing my Christmas list, glasses. Now, I had perfect vision. I did not need glasses. But around me, there was all these people that had glasses all of a sudden, and I just so badly wanted to be like them. I remember in high school, um, I was just talking to another, uh, someone about this tonight, actually. I had played soccer for so many years, but my freshman year I entered in high school, and every all the cool people will say, did dance. So I ditched soccer and did dance. Turns out, 
didn't even really like dance, but I just so desperately wanted to be a part of what they were doing. I wanted to be like that group of people. I wanted to be known as that group um, and those girls. And I remember, gosh, just a few years ago, after high school and just had graduated, and being so just crippled with this jealousy of my own sister. As we grew up and we were close in age, and as she was getting older, I was just seeing, oh, she's getting attention from all these guys. And she's a better looking one, and a more talented one. And all these things that just even paralyze our relationship. And even now, 21 years old and married to an amazing guy, Woo! I'm still. Reaching together is fun because you can do this. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm still dealing with comparison. And it doesn't just end when you get married or you graduate high school. It's something we're dealing with all the time. But it's something so right now that I'm dealing with to the point where I've been in tears because I don't want to deal with this anymore. I don't want to compare myself to people. I want to be confident in who I am and who my God is. So comparison is something I would say almost all of us have been dealing with our whole lives, even from the age of six and wearing a pair of glasses because yeah. my friends had it. But I don't want a life where comparison is normal. Come on. And I don't want you to live a life where comparison is normal. It's not the life we were intended to live. And at the root of it, and this is something that I didn't even know I was preaching, well, it was before I was even prepping for this message, and the Lord just knocked me on my butt and, and at the root of it, because you guys, this is not me just talking about comparison. I'm talk, I, I, I struggle with comparison. So I, I just want you to know that tonight we're talking about literally our struggle. This is not, this is not how, the five tips of how Wesley Manna beat it. This is not, not that at all, because I am struggling with comparison. It is so hard, I struggle every single day. So keep that in mind, as, I just want you to know that. But at the root of it, the Lord just brought to me, at, at, the, end of it, at the end of the day, I just want what other people have. That's it. Somehow I become discontent with who I am, where I am, and what I have. I just want what other people have. And what that is, is a lack of confidence in who God is, who he says you are, and what he's giving you, what he's placing your life to do. That's the root of comparison. Is this lack of identity, this lack of confidence, this lack that only can be filled by Jesus. That's it, period. Jesus, period. And, that, and that's the root of it. And so I, I want to look at this bread and cheese. Because, man, this bread and cheese, this verse has been recognized since high school. I, I've been, this has been my verse since, for, for a really long time. And what, what did David have, right? David was given a task to be a bread and cheese delivery guy, right? He was delivering bread and cheese, right? His brothers are off to war. They get to do the cool thing. They get to do, yeah, we, we're going to battle. Let's go. And, and what is David? First of all, when, David, when they were trying to choose a king, David was out in the, the field keeping watch over his sheep. And, and, then, and then we get here, and while his brothers get to go to war, even though they're scary cats and don't want to do anything. Uh, David's just given the task of delivering bread and cheese. So what did David have? What did David have? He had bread and cheese. What do you have? What do you have that the Lord's given you 
That, and, and I want you to know that we're following David because David, David lived a life where he, he, didn't, he didn't get busy with comparison. David lived a life where he, he was like, they're defying the armies of the living God. Are you kidding me? Get out of here. Let's go. Let's fight. Let's win because we have God behind us. And, and so what do you have? Because I think what we do, what David didn't do, but what we do all the time is we take our bread and cheese moments and we compare them with the battle moments, yeah. right? I mean, let's change the translation to today. I compare what you post on Instagram, the highlight of your week, looking all good, the, the one time you wore makeup, or the, you know, I mean, how we just post these highlights, right? You, you laugh, but that's you, come on. And people post these highlights, but what do we do? Because we know our whole life. We're with ourselves 24-7. I wake up with me, I go to sleep with me. And so what do I do? I compare my weaknesses, my, my, my shortcomings, because I know all of them so well. And I compare those things with the highlights of other people. Yeah. It's just so, it's not the truth. And so, so David, he didn't let the, his bread and cheese delivery, because you guys, what did that bread and cheese delivery lead to? It led to an opportunity for him to go against Goliath, the, the person that was defying the armies of the living God, and it gave him that opportunity to kill Goliath, yeah. to stand up, to defeat, to slay the giant. So what do you have to offer? And can I tell you, what you have to offer has nothing to do with your clothes, it has nothing to do with your weight, it has nothing to do with your Instagram feed, it has nothing to do with any of those things. What does that have to do? Chapter 16, it's about your heart. Yet we get so busy comparing the things that we wear and the personalities that we have mm -hmm. and, and whatever it is, things that honestly, at the end of the day, when eternity is in mind, they don't matter. Yeah. Yeah. And we get busy comparing those things. And man, uh, what I don't want for me and what I don't want for you is that we get sidetracked in the bread and cheese moments that the Lord is using the journey that we talked about, the bread and cheese moments to deliver, to get you to a place where he's leading you, but we get sidetracked because we're too busy comparing. We're too busy comparing ourselves. Comparison makes us blind to what the Lord has given us. Right? I mean, we get so, we get so inundated with, with what they have that we just become so blind to what the Lord's given us. If David missed the bread and cheese delivery, he would have missed out on the victory too. And I want you to have the victory. I want you to be able to walk in the victory. But if we get so, so caught up and so busy in the comparison, and, and what do I have to offer compared to what do they have to offer, and what they have to offer is just so much better than what I have to offer, we're going to miss out on the victory. We're going to miss out on doing and actually walking in the things that the Lord's calling us to do. So stop comparing, and this is, I'm talking to me, stop comparing what you have to offer to what other people have to offer. Because the Lord has created you specific and has something specific for your life. But the only way to, to grow in that confidence and to grow in that, in, that, in that confidence of who he is, who he says you are, and what he's given you to do and, and, and placed in front of you is, is, to, is to look to Jesus. That's it, Period.
I know each of you in here, there's probably something that comes to your mind of what you compare yourself to. So whatever that is, just think about it for a second. Like, Sydney, you have an amazing voice. I don't hear all as often as I would like to, but you're an incredible singer and worship leader in the heart of who you are. But that's not necessarily who I am. Tyler, you're also an incredible, incredible worship leader. But that doesn't mean that's who Holly is. <laughs> or Cole, an amazing football player. Amazing. And people could look at you and want that. But that's not necessarily how Sam, wherever Sam is, that's just who, who I thought of. That's not who you necessarily were created to be. But we waste time when we're trying to have what other people have. Other people's look up bread and cheese when the Lord's already given us something. And it says in Psalm 139 that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. And I know a lot of us have probably heard that verse, but we need to cling to that. Because in those times of, gosh, I just wish I, I could I could be worship like her. Or, geez, why can't I be as talented as a volleyball player? Or I can't. I, don't, I will never look like that. But no, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. The Lord spent time on me, and he had me in mind when he died on the cross. And, and one of the greatest ways that, that we believe that we can combat this um, idea of comparison and slay this idea of comparison is, is to truly celebrate. So turning comparison into celebration. Because we just waste time comparing. And and this probably in the beginning is such a weird thing to do because our my flesh does not want to celebrate people, especially when they have something that I want or I think that I should have. Because the last thing I want to do is is think or even tell that person, wow, you sounded incredible tonight when you love that song or or whatever it may be, but because our flesh just so badly just wants what that person has that we we don't want to celebrate who God has created them to be. We don't want to celebrate the bread and cheese that God has given that person. And so we have to begin to start doing this. And and I think that it's gonna take more than just in our head of of our thoughts. It's going to take getting to the place of truly celebrating people over social media when you just want to keep scrolling because, gosh, her hair looks so good or he looks so good with that girl and I'm not going to like that because I don't, I don't want to support that. But no, taking a second and pausing to truly celebrate. And I guarantee there is something the Lord will do when we start to celebrate the people around us, around us and who God has created them to be. And not just sit and wallow in, gosh, I wish I had that, or I wish I was that, or I wish I looked like that. Because it is a waste of time. And we're missing the opportunity we have to go to this battle that the Lord may have for us, but we're so distracted by what everyone else has. We pick up in verse 28, but remember, um, back in chapter 16, David was chosen king over his brother Eliab. So we can imagine that Eliab probably has a little bit of a bad taste in his mouth towards his brother, um, because he wasn't chosen, he wasn't picked. So in verse uh, 28, 
We read, now Eliab, his eldest brother, heard when he spoke to the men. And Eliab's anger was kindled against David, and he said, Why have you come down? And with whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? This is just even kind of like a stab at David, it feels like. like you were supposed to be with the sheep in the wilderness. What are you doing here? I know your presumption and the evil of your heart, for you have come down to see the battle. And David said, What have I done now? Was it not but a word? And he turned away from him toward another and spoke in the same way, and the people answered him again as before. And I really want to talk in this because this is, this is me to a T, Eliab. Eliab makes such huge accusations of David. And, and I mean, don't we do that? We, we compare and we, and we look at these people and, and, and we compare what we can see with our eyes. And because be, for some reason we think we're, we're so intelligent, or I don't even know what it is, but, but we think for some reason because, we, because of what we can see with our eyes, oh yeah, okay, now I saw that and I, you know, I know that person. Right, I know their motives. I know why they do what they do. Just because I can, I, I'm seeing something on Instagram, or I'm seeing, you know what I mean? We 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 make these huge accusations of people, and these huge, these. I know your motives, and we just we think we know them when we have no clue who they are because we don't take the time to actually get to know these people. Yeah. But we make these huge accusations of them. Yeah. Oh, they're 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 fake. They're just posting that for this reason. You have no clue, right? I mean, unless God graciously gifted you with reading minds, I'm pretty darn sure that you have no clue what their motives are. Yeah. Yeah. But yet for some reason, because with what we can see with our eyes, and maybe a little bit of jealousy, a little green monster in here, for some reason makes us think that we know this person. I know their motives. They're impure. He's a, he's a fake. She's just doing that for attention. She's just trying to get guys' attention. Whatever it is. And, and I do this all the time. I, I mean, like, there, there was a couple weeks ago, there was this, uh, I was at this event, and there was this, this like, guest worship leader, and I, I don't know if you guys know, but I, I, I lead worship occasionally. And, um, <laughs> and uh, and I just got in this place where I just totally assumed that th this this dude's motives were just completely impure. Like you you are a fake. You're just trying to show off. You're doing the, the, the Christian things with your hands, and you're doing all these different things. To like I just totally thought like yeah, dude, this, this worship leader is so fake. And I do that all I do this all the time. And I just totally assume people's motives and that they're impure and that I know, like, not like I think I know why they're doing what they're doing. Like, no, I know. <laughs> like, 100%. I say that all the time, Jason. 100%. 100%. Because I, I, I honestly get to a place where I, I'm so in this, 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 this pit of comparison and I'm so jealous because what is it at the root? I want what they have. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And so instead, because I, because I can look at myself and I know myself and I'm with myself 24-7 and I know, I know I don't have those things, instead of celebrating that person, man, they love Jesus, I want to love Jesus like they love Jesus. Yeah. I want to be joyful like they're joyful. Instead of doing that, now nah, they're being fake. They're just doing that to get attention. And I do that all the time. And you know what? Some people, 
And uh, this sounds terrible, but sometimes I'm right. <laughs> sounds terrible. <laughs> sometimes I am. I get it like a like a 40 60 thing. She's going, she's going, eh. But I say that because for the times that I am, may my heart not go to this. But may my heart break. Because some people really are fake. And that's not to bash on people who try to put on this facade, but it's, man, if they just only knew the God that loved them so much, who could tell them exactly who they are. May our heart go to that. May my heart go to that. We ought to do the opposite of Eliab. I mean, Eliab had no clue. I mean, he's really just like, like, he's just thinking David's just a show off, trying to show himself. And may we do the opposite of Eliab. May we, may we celebrate people. May we champion people in their pursuit. I mean, because David, David knew who his God was, and he wasn't going to stop until everyone knew. And so may we champion people. May we celebrate people. I mean, think about, think about what that would do to, to, to the people around us. Think about what that would do to our friends. Instead of, instead of walking, when they walk into the room, we just analyze and just compare and just get stuck up here. What if we just celebrated the crap out of them? You're awesome. Think about what that would do to our friend groups. Think about what that would do to this youth group. Yeah. yeah. Come on, we're not, a, we're not a youth group that creates disunity in comparison, yeah. but we're a youth group that creates unity in celebration. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. This is a family. We all know who our God is, and we all know that our God has an identity that's specific to me. So there's no need to compare in this room. Think about what that would do to our schools. I mean, you guys, this is not a normal way to live life. Yeah. Normal people, we, we are normal people, we compare. So it's not normal, it's not easy. But think about the repercussions of what it would, what it would do to, our, to the circles and the spheres of life that we call our own. It would change it drastically. Livia, would you come to the platform, play a little bit? <laughs> Comparison creates separation. Comparison creates disunity. Just think about what celebration does. Think about what championing does. And that creates relationship. That creates a culture and atmosphere where it's okay to fail, it's okay to be me, it's okay to walk in the gifts and the talents and the abilities that God's given me. And I don't have time to be anybody else. God says, I wasn't going to say this, but I thought of this, where there is unity, the Lord commands a blessing. That's right. And gosh, I want to be a group of people. We are so unified. The Lord can't help but continue to bless this youth group. And it, may it be multiplied in our schools, there will be unity. Our families, there will be unity. In our friendships, there will be unity. Because we're not stuck comparing. And the thing I just continue to come back to in the times where I'm just overwhelmed with this comparison 
overwhelmed to the point where, oh my God, I don't want to have thoughts like this. I know you've made me greater. And the thing I just keep coming back to is just what a waste of time this is because the time I spend in my mind comparing or analyzing or, or being just, just so tightly in this jealousy, God, may my, may my thoughts be, be praying. May my thoughts be thinking good thoughts from the Lord. May my thoughts be thinking about where I'm headed, where the victory that the Lord has planned for me. Because <laughs> David thought he was just delivering bread and cheese. He was being obedient. And there's things in our life that we just think are, are the mundane, or normal, or we're just doing what we're told, which we should, we should be obedient to what the Lord says. But you have no idea what may be on the other side of that. And I don't want to be a person that is so caught looking around me that I miss right. the battle and I miss the victory that the Lord has intended for me. And we read in verse 38, it says, Then Saul clothed David with his armor. He put a helmet of bronze on his head and clothed him with a coat of mail. And David strapped his sword over his armor, and he tried in vain to go, for he had not tested them. Then David said to Saul, I cannot go with these, for I have not tested them. So David put them off. Then he took his staff in his hand and chose five smooth stones from the brook and put them in his shepherd's pouch. His sling was in his hand, and he approached the Philistine. David, just as he was, just as he was, no armor, no sword, approached this Philistine, approached the giant. And when we have a trust in our God, we can be just who we are, just who we were created to be, and we can approach the enemy, that we can approach the giant of comparison and trust that, no, I, I have Jesus by my side, yeah. so I don't need to be the person next to me. I don't need to be the person 10 years ahead of me. I don't need to be my older sister. I don't need to be whoever it may be. Yeah. But I can be me and trust with just as I am, just who I'm with Jesus, yeah. I can fight the battle in front of me. God has called you to be you. <coughs> God has called you to do what he's called you to do. And this is it right here. I can't be who God's called me to be when I'm trying to be who God's called them to be. And I can't, I can't do what God's called me to do when I'm trying to do what God's called them to do. I can't be who, I can't. I heard this once and it has wrecked me. God can't bless who you pretend to be. Why? Because he's called you. He's named you. I mean, that was perfect. Psalm 139. He knew you before you were even born. And he's called you to be someone specific. And I don't want to get caught up busy calculating and, and 
analyzing the room and analyzing how I'm better than them or they're better than me. And I can't, I can't even count how many times I posted on Instagram trying to be this fun guy who doesn't care what people think, but really, I, I'm not that fun guy and I care what people think. <laughs> but how many times do we do that? How many times do we go out of our way in a motivation that's, that's not actually what we're doing? I mean, we're not actually just being us. We're doing it out of a motivation to be seen, to be liked, to be approved of, to be affirmed. Come on, can I tell you tonight? That doesn't matter if people affirm you or if people see you in that light or whatever. Jesus sees you. Jesus loves you. And that's all that matters. You cannot, cannot, you cannot be who God has called you to be when you're trying to be who God's called you to be. Most of the time, we find ourselves in this this need to be who that person is to get what that person has. And a lot of times it's, I want that guy or I want that girl, which is totally normal, I will disclaim. But can I tell you, I got the guy. <laughs> and it's still just not satisfying. Not satisfy me, and he will never satisfy me. Amen. That guy, that girl that you just want so bad, is not gonna satisfy. Only Jesus can tell you who you are. That's right. Only him. That's right. Your friends can't even do that. Pastor Chase can't even do that. I can't even do that in the way that Jesus can. That's right. Only God can truly satisfy the need of your heart. Yeah. And yes, he gives us good gifts, he gives us people, but there is nothing like coming before our Jesus with our every need and knowing that only him, he will satisfy. And we read in verse 45, just after David has taken off his armor and he's going to approach the Philistines, he's going to approach Goliath. And we read, Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword and a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you down and cut off your head. It's a little morbid, but. And I will give the dead bodies of the hosts of the Philistines to say to the birds of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel, and that all in this assembly may know that the Lord saves not with a sword and a spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hand. You have victory, just as you are. Not the way you want to look, not the way you want to talk, not the way you want to be talented, not the way you want to be seen. Just as you are right here, you have victory in the name of Jesus. And you don't have to be someone else or do something else or, or long to just be different. I'm telling you, you come before the Lord just as you are and there is victory. Because you came with Jesus beside you. And that's what he has promised us. And we go back to that verse in chapter 16, verse 7. Do not look on the appearance as man does, but God looks at the heart. 